0: Welcome to the KHOW podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Pastor Alex taught um, some time ago that when you say thank you, not only does it release something in you, but it allows you the opportunity for the person to receive and to say you're welcome. And so as you say, thank you to the Lord, give him space for you to hear his, ear welcome. He gives gifts because he loves us. And so when we acknowledge that it does him good, it ministers to him. When we say thank you, when we praise him, but oftentimes we just say it and we keep going, but he, it's a conversation. He wants to speak back to us. And he's saying, you're welcome, you're welcome. The word that was given to us from God was promised. I promise there are many promises in the Bible. And this year God is was declared to us um, and spoke to us that this will be the year that we would see those promises fulfilled. Um, and that in order for us to see those promises fulfilled, there were also requirements of us. And so, uh, we talked about being in position, about returning to him, about the obedience, and now we are in mature. And I've, you know, this mature has been a little hard. <laughs> it's been challenging. That's what I'll say. It's been challenging. We had that assignment to reach out to five people and ask if they've been mature, um, but and it's been, you know, just been a very learning thing. But for me, as a teacher, a natural teacher. Um, that I went to school for, that I am doing now as a preschool director, but still teaching. Um, the Immediately when I heard mature, I immediately thought about development. And so it's it has impacted me in that way because as teachers, and especially with early child care, from babies to five-year-olds specifically, it's all about the development of the child. And, and so God speaks to me in, in stories. He speaks to me in things that happen. And so as I've been meditating on mature and thinking about it, I thought about, there is a, um, a young girl in my school that she started with us in January as a baby. And now she's a toddler. And in that time, uh, I've seen her learn how to crawl, um, start to sit up, start to make expressions. As she's starting to crawl, she's like a mover. <laughs> she's really fast. Then we started to see her stand up for a couple, you know, for a couple months. Um, and right now she's currently, I think she might be 14 months. I can't quite remember. She's over one. And she's taking steps, but she's not quite walking yet. And I was thinking about all the times that I've observed her and something that her mom does when she picks her up, she'll come to my office and she'll be like, okay, let's practice some steps. Now walk to Miss Janetta, And so she'll stand there and kind of hold her mom. And sometimes she, you she's know, kind of shy about it. And sometimes she's taken steps. Um, sometimes she's fallen. Um, there was one time where she actually took like 10 steps. Um, and then the next moment she fell to the ground in frustration. And as I was thinking about those different moments in her was like, why was it that she was able to take 10 steps one time? And then the other time she just was like, no, I'm not doing it. She just gets mad. And the difference when she took those 10 steps and when she was fell on her own is that when she took the steps, she was holding on to her mom's hand. And in the world of body development and physical development, were like, oh, you don't need mama, you can do it by yourself, like let go. Well, the body's doing it backwards. We think that in order to grow in our spirit, we gotta do it on our own. But I'm here today to tell us all that we have, in order for us to get to that level of maturity and develop, you can't. You won't, you'll fail. You'll fall in frustration every single time. But instead, (laughs) instead, there is a hand and a finger that is waiting to hold on to us every step of the way. And as I was preparing for this, I kept hearing God say, present the gospel, go back to basics, so when Minister Mal- Malcolm talked about the gospel, I was like, okay, that's confirmation. One of the things, there's been a lot of things I've loved in this position at the school that I've been at. But one of the things is that there's training on how to present the gospel. And so we're doing it with the little kids. And then we have a program for five to 12 year olds where we're doing it. And this week I was I was going through that training and I just had this thought that, you know, a lot of times we, you know, we're on here, we meet people, we're fellowship, but do we really know what the gospel is? Have we really said yes? Are we reminded of the gospel? In the word, it tells us present the gospel. We're to tell each other. We're Why we're here is because we're to tell. And so what I'm about to do is twofold it's for us but it's also for me to practice because in my training it talked about practicing the gospel presenting the gospel so the first thing and going back to the basics for us today and us on our way to maturity is that I want to present the gospel to you all um in our pre-k years we taught them we had a graduation we taught them the gospel and it was very cute and it went something like Jesus created the world, He, Jesus came and he died as a baby, he gave his life, and three days later, he rose again, and it was such a cute thing, and they learned it, and they had the movements, and it was just, it, it blessed my soul, and again, I say, how many of us would be able to say we could present the gospel, so the first thing is that we have to understand that he made it all, we are here because God created us, but then we lost it all. (laughs) Uh, People, we wanted to do our own thing. We wanted to go our own way Um, and we sinned. And so when sin came into the world, we lost all the goodness and that direct relationship with God. And we were made spirit, soul, body. And in that moment, we then became about our body first. It became about the flesh. But God, he had a plan because he loved us and he is so kind that he did not want us to stay in that turmoil. He didn't want us to stay in that sin. So he decided to give it all. And he sent his son, Jesus, here on this earth to live a perfect life, to die on the cross for our sins, he gave it all. And did you know that there are three things that God can't do? I know, you probably thought, nope, mm -mm, there's nothing God can do, but yes, God can't love you any more than he has already loved you. God can't give you a better gift than he has already given you. And God can't make it any easier than he has made it to receive that gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and he loved the world is not for the world Is not for the rocks it's not for the trees he loved you that includes you when it says he loved the world that included you and so even though we've done all these things he didn't turn away from us but instead his love provided a gift that only he could give and so Jesus is that gift a sinner's death it was it was not easy it was painful his blood was shed so that we could live it all. His death was the way for us to get back into relationship with God who loved us. But he didn't say dead. Thank you. He didn't say dead. Nope, he rose again. And because of that, we, our sins get to be forgiven. We get to have new life, full life, now to forever. But it requires us to say yes and it says that whoever believes shall have everlasting life. So my first question to you today, do you believe that Jesus came into this world to live a perfect life, that he died on the cross, that he rose three days, and that he left you a comforter, the Holy Spirit, and that one day he shall return? And so I say this, that that question to you, not as a rhetorical question, but actually, as an answer question that I want you to answer. And if you have never said yes to that before, send me a private message so that we can make sure that you get that prayer and you have that connection because that's what's important. And so that is how, that is the beginning of our maturity. That is how we begin to see things differently. And so in that um first story I told you about the little girl who's developing and walking I was like well Lord how does that relate to us and he said it's because we're not holding on to the hand of Christ instead we're allowing our bodies to die and Jesus we need his hand to take each step his hand brings stability so, when the little girl was able to take ten, 10 steps in comparison to the crawling, it wasn't that she got a new legs. It wasn't that something happened in that moment differently in her body. It was because she was holding on to stability. It was because the hand was holding her up. When we hold on to Jesus' hand, He holds us up in those moments. And J.D., you are in my side view. I have myself so I don't get distracted with the faces because that's what I used to do when I used to teach. I used to look for validation. But I only have a couple of faces up, and your face is one of them. And I just keep seeing you, and I know I connected with you this morning. But he is holding your hand up, my sister, as you are um, remembering your mother and her life and the this the hardness of it he is holding you up. Jesus says, don't let go of my hand. Yes, when you're developing your body, we're supposed to let go, but in the spirit, <laughs> don't hold on. You can't do don't try to do it by yourself. His hand guides. So the little girl, her mom, she 10 steps is a lot of steps because Her mom was guiding her to where she was supposed to go. She was able to come to me. And so we're supposed to go towards God. And so when we hold the hand of Jesus, that is how we get closer to him. By holding his hand, his hand is stronger than ours will ever be. He gives us the power that we need to take the steps that we need. He will never let go. And it was one moment when she made that 10th step and she kind of fell. But even when she fell, mama didn't let go. (laughs) And mama helped her, pulled her back up. Jesus is like, even if you fall, I'm going to help you back up. Stop being afraid to take those steps because as long as you're holding his hand, he will not let you fall. The boldness comes. And so for me, as I was thinking about her, I said, God, how does this relate for me and boldness? Because that was, and he said, because when you are bold, it's because you're focused on God. <laughs> when you're self-focused, fear comes in. <laughs> and so we can be bold when we're holding on to Jesus's hand, because we know that no matter what step I take, he's going to pull me back if it's not right. We know that if it is the right step, then I'm going to be strong enough to take that next step. So people of God, we have got to stop being living in fear, remove ourselves, stop trying to allow our physical body to prep to present precede everything that we do and instead remember jesus and allow our spirit he left us a comforter holy spirit and so i thank you lord for that i thank you and so let's go to scripture we've been when we first learned about mature we were in hebrews 5 and so i want us to go back to hebrews 5 11 through 15 thank you god may you all be encouraged today may you be encouraged someone's been asking (laughs) God do I take this step is this the right thing I don't know I'm scared you've heard him but then you're questioning it and today I'm here to say stop questioning it hold his hand and take that step be bold in him he's holding you he's right there so Hebrews we're going to be five me Hebrews 5 11 through 14 disinclined to hear For though by this time you ought to be teachers because of the time you have had to learn these truths, you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning. And you have come to be continually in need of milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a spiritual infant. But solid food, it's for the spiritually mature whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. And so as I have been just looking and rereading and studying the scripture, uh, as I mentioned before, it just immediately made me think about the developmental stages. And The developmental continuum of skills is important. Not only do we look at what their birth age is, we look at where they are on their skill. And so the stages of one's growth is dependent upon the age and the mastery of the skill. So there's a difference in what an infant can do and how they think as opposed to a toddler and a preschooler. What you learn in the infant room is drastically different than what is learned in the preschool room. However, to the growth in the toddler in the preschool room. And so as I kept looking at these verses, I was asking God. And so in these verses, you know, the author was talking about um, those, um, you know, former Jewish uh, Uh, people who had now changed over to Christianity and they were still kind of holding on to some of the things that they had learned in the Jewish. And so that is why he say he was talking or he was telling them that you've been around this for a while. You've known all these things and yet you haven't even, you, you should be professors, but yet you're still trying to go back to milk. You should be able to chew food. You've been in, and so in my mind, I'm like, he he said, you've been in the infant room for a long time. Now it's time for you to start chewing your food. But you keep trying to go back to the other stage. And I kept thinking, so I kept asking, okay, why? Why, why? And all I could hear and see was if I did have a child that is a toddler, but is still in the infant room, what we would assign to that child and say, is to say there is a developmental delay. And so I heard God say there is a develop, developmental delay in the body of Christ in our maturity. And the delay, well, first let's talk about what is a delay? And so a delay refers to a child who has not gained the developmental skills expected of him or her compared to others at that same age. And so you can have a delay in motor function, which could be uh, your fingers fine motor or in your gross motor, which is like you're kicking, standing, walking. Um, you can have a delay in your speech, in the language, in the way that you speak the words and form the sounds. You can have a delay in your brain in the cognitive way of being able to regulate yourself. You can have a delay and play, uh, playing alone because there's a difference between learning how to play alone and playing cooperatively with other kids in a group. And then you can, or you can have a delay in your social skills Um, and that's just the ability or in your emotions. And what typically when there is a delay, not typically, like all the time, when there is a delay in a child, one of the first ways you see the delay is because of the behavior of the child. The behavior of the child could be a temper tantrum, could be hitting, could be biting, could be just all these different things, just all that's going on. And at my uh, center, I think because we are uh, bringing the word to the kids, we have been receiving a lot of kids with some behavioral issues. And so it's been very challenging. Got to go back to like the handbook. I'm like, oh, got to pull out the tools on my toolbox in all my years of education and learning. But this week, I was reminded. And so I was so grateful how God just connects all of that. <laughs> I was reminded that if we do, so what we do is if there's a child who is having a lot of behavioral issues, if they're not growing, if they're not able to go to that next classroom, if they're making a fuss, we then start begin. So if there's a child that is hitting, let's say, let's take hitting. Instead of focusing on first that behavior, we look to see, well, what's happening before? So it's like an iceberg. When you see the tip of the iceberg, that's just the tip. There's so much happening underneath. And so as educators, it's important for us to understand what is happening underneath, what is causing it. And so I say all that to say, because if you, as we all did this maturity assignment, and if you found yourself not to be mature, not to be where God is wanting to be ask yourself have I been displaying any type of behaviors (laughs) have I been having temper tantrums in the spirit have I been complaining have I been murmuring have I been at a halt (laughs) H-A-L-T halt so when we are um assessing the kids one of the acronyms that I was reminded of this week is to ask HALT. (laughs) HALT stands for, and some of your therapists might have heard this before, you ask, is the child hungry? Is the child angry? Are they lonely? Are they tired? And 99% of the time, one of those four things, Is what's causing the behavior. It's what is halting their development from growing. And what God showed me is that there is a halt in the body of Christ in which we have not surrendered ourselves. We have not allowed ourselves to fully immerse and submerge and hold on tight to the hand of Jesus It's causing a delay in our maturity. It's causing us to have a limp in the way that we are walking in our manner of walking. And so today the the question and what I want us to, you to spend time doing is asking, have it first, do I recognize that there is a halt in my development? Is there a delay? So if you can say, if you said in our your assignment that you're not mature yet, or if that's what you have came down to, so then what is the delay? Is what I should say more specifically. What is your delay? What is halting you? So let's talk about it. Hungry. The first one is hunger. <laughs> so hunger, and you know, there's a term now where you say hangry. It's really, it's really real because what happens is that When your body is hungry, what's happening is that there is an imbalance in the body that leads to, could lead to mood swings, poor decision, making ability, lowering your impulse control. You can have a headache. You might not be able to concentrate. You just become irritable. The same is true in the spirit. Are you hungry? are you hungry? Meaning, so in the spirit, the word tells us that we must feast on his word and that he is, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who will come to me will not, what? They will not hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. So if there is mood swingings that you are feeling in your spirit, (laughs) so one day you're feeling real good, the next day you're not one moment, you're able to speak love, the next day you're speaking hate. If there is poor decision making, if you're not able to make the decision, you're feeling confused, you're feeling lost. If you are having impulse control because you just can't stay disciplined, maybe it's because you have not been feasting on the bread of life that is Jesus Christ himself. So how do you fill that void? You know, in the natural, if it's the kid is hungry, that's what we ask them. Are you hungry? I had a little girl the other day. Are you hungry? She said yes. I went and got her some blueberries and some yogurt and she devoured it. And then she was able to go back to class. So if you are hungry, what do you do? Get in the word. Jesus said, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness so what is it that your body needs? It needs righteousness. You need to start doing the right things because that's how you get fulfilled. If you're feeling void, then go out and serve. Go ask, who can I call today? You need, that's how we fill ourselves up with Jesus. What, you know, we were talking the other day about the WWJD, what would Jesus do? But What is it that Jesus would have you to do in this moment? Who can you love on? What joy can you bring to a a room? Like Mama J said with the, the, the operator guy that she could have called and been angry, but she chose to have joy. So who in this moment, what can you do? Who shall I serve Jesus to fulfill this void? Next, are you angry? Now, with the little ones, it could be they mad because, oh, well, let me say this. I'll say this first. It's angry or anxious is what I'm going to say. Now, what is that? It's an emotional response. (laughs) When we are angry, when we're anxious, it's an emotional response. And what is it a really, when you really get down to it, what is it an emotional response to? It's because you don't have control. (laughs) It's because you don't have control. So when I think about this little girl, she was angry because the teacher took some Play-Doh from her and she wanted to keep playing. So she didn't have control. And with that body, with that flesh, we want to have control in our lives. (laughs) We have different needs for control. It could be because of a root from our childhood, It could be because we just feel unbalanced. It can be just because we want what we want. Anxiety comes because we don't know what will happen. We can't control the outcome. We want to know. We have to know. We have to know. And so then we plague ourselves with worry. We plague ourselves with guilt. And our thoughts turns into so much other things. And then we aren't effectively able to grow. And so how do we feel that? The word says, get rid of all your bitterness, your rage, and your anger, along with every form of malice. Colossians says that now we must also rid ourselves of such things as anger and filth and all those things for our life. The word tells us to give it over to him. to give it to God, to surrender. And so in that daily surrendering every day, ask yourself, am I angry? Am I anxious about something? If I am, it's because give it over to him. Tell him about it. Talk to him about it. Release it. Number three, am I lonely? So loneliness is really about connection and attention. When a little kid is feeling lonely, it might be because they... Sometimes I go in, I'm like, do you need a hug? (laughs) And they'll say yes. Um, Because as people, we long for that. And so when children aren't getting connection in a positive way, then what do they do? They seek it out with negative behavior. Lots of times kids realize that, oh, if I do this behavior, you're going to pay attention to me and you're going to, um, you're going to, you're going to, I get to come to your office, I get to go home. And so, it's not so much that they're trying to have that um, they want to have that behavior. It's because they're trying to, they're trying to yeah. speak. They want that connection. And so the same is with us. We are wired for connection. And so when was the last time you felt connected or understood? When's the last time you felt connected to God through His presence, through His word? Through, his, through prayer, that's how we connect to him. And the word tells us, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. As we talked about earlier. Jesus, I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And then finally, the last one. Oh, right, and one more scripture for when you're feeling lonely. It says in Matthew 28 and 20, Jesus said, remember, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we have an assurance that Jesus will be with us until the end. The last one, the T, are you tired? (laughs) So for a kid, I have to remind parents Sleep and rest are so critical. They still need, at these early ages, they still need 10 to 12 hours of sleep. And so as we know, and we were reminded last week when Pastor Ryan spoke that rest is essential. So are you tired? If you are, the word says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take his yoke upon you and learn from him for he is gentle and humble in heart and we will find rest for our soul. Psalm 62 says, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. And so if you are finding that there is a delay in your maturity, hunger, anger, loneliness, and tired will surely halt you from walking with the Lord. And so it is important for us to be sure. And when you look at each of those four things, there's one common thread (laughs) that will help fill all those voids, And his name is Jesus. (laughs) Jesus gives us the answer. He gives us the answer to everything that we should be filling ourselves with his word each day, that he is the breath of life, that we are to cast our anxiety onto him, that we will, should never feel lonely as long as we are holding up his righteous hand and that we need time to take time to rest and replenish and refill ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so as I end this, may you be encouraged and you, may you be encouraged with Second Peter 318 That says, but we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Our maturity starts and ends with Christ. Let's not delay our development any longer. Let's fill ourselves with his word. Let's cast out and surrender every day. There is work to be done. This is not for ourselves. It's for the kingdom. It's for each other. It's for to continue what what Jesus did when he came to this earth to fill those voids and to stop being hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Any questions, comments, or concerns? That is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the K-HOW podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.